Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. The coach and the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Plenty to talk about a little bit. It's a Residue Tuesday, so of course the concept of Residue Tuesday will pick up some of the residue we did not get to left over from the weekend that was a very busy sports weekend, I might add. We have our second award-winning edition of the baseball round them up and wrap them up a regular segment here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. We'll jump off the sports page as always. And uh, who knows? Who knows where the pathways may take us in this one-hour excursion. We get lost more often than we get found. That's known as the Two Guys at a Mic Show. TalkZone.com. A little bit of music, and we'll kick this sucker off right from the 35-yard line. One thing we haven't even mentioned is the NHL playoffs, and uh, I have followed hockey, sadly, less this year than I can ever remember. I mean, the last 10 or 15 years, I haven't been too good on it, but I have really been far removed from the sport of hockey this year, so I'm going to have to bone up, get fired up, get psyched up. I will be, along with Joe Redwanski, a man who's watched just a little bit more hockey than me. We will be your two experts. Your hockey analyst here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. The Hawks, Big Dog, open up NHL playoff hockey at Phoenix on Thursday. Any chance you'll be taking a flight, hopefully not a Navy jet airliner, and uh, heading out to Phoenix for that opening game. How are you, my friend? Uh, no, I will not be. I oh, will actually be uh, here at the home. I, I'm, I'm getting an Amazon delivery, delivery on Thursday. <laughs> i, I got to wait here all day. It's supposed to be here sometime between 7 a.m. and 11 p.m. Come on. The Hawks are at the Coyote. The NHL playoffs start. Get your priorities straight, will you please? Come on. I mean, I understand this, but right. I, 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 they, I'm not Amazon. They did, they're the ones delivering the thing. Well, the pressure is on you because, you know, I will be an assist, but uh, you will be. Our NHL hockey analyst throughout the month and a half excursion that is the NHL playoffs. So start boning up quick, my friend. That really doesn't make any any sense whatsoever, considering that I could probably only name about twelve Blackhawks <laughs> right now. Not good. <laughs> and that's the, that that, that's the, the team whole, we know the best. You know, it's it's messed up. I was out with Lily the Lilac last night, and we went to a place called Rocco Ranali's. Yep. Okay. And I saw the the eighty five Bears roster up there. So I, I made her switch teams, and I'm like, start asking me uh, people's names, and I'll give them their, their number and their position. So I started mm-hmm. doing all that, and she's like, oh, my God. she's like, you haven't missed one. I'm like, do the opposite. Give me their number, and I'll tell you their name and their position. I got every single one right except for Pat Dunsmore, who I said was 88 or 89, and he was 88. Otherwise, I got mm-hmm. like 50 right. And Highly impressive. Said, and then she said some name I had no idea who it was. Matt Crent. Have you ever even heard of that guy? He's, I don't even believe he was on the 85 Bears. To this day, I don't believe it. So the fact that I only know 12 Blackhawks right now, Coach, is absolutely embarrassing. I've watched no hockey this year. <laughs> All right, well, we definitely will be the show to tune into. Do you know? I always look for the glass half full, the optimistic side of it, Big Doe. We will be able to look at the playoffs through unfiltered eyes. 
Whereas people that have, you know, actually watched hockey during the year and analyzed the Blackhawk, they're going to have precompositions. They're going to have predispositions to certain things. We will give you an unencumbered look into NHL hockey starting with the playoffs. That's the way I look at it. You know, the, the Hawk season is, is really, really, it, 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 this is what the Hawk season is. Uh, Keith, uh, Duncan Keith is finally starting to play a little bit of hockey. Everybody else has been decent all year. They win when they have decent goalie play, and they have had very little decent goalie play all season. So, like, more than ever, mm-hmm. goalie play determines how far the Blackhawks go. And, yeah. by the way, can you name can you name a forward on, on, on the Hawks? Can you name any of the wing guys, any of the names? Well, you certainly got Martin Ho- uh, Martin Hosa. Well, that, that's an older one. That's cool, but I, I, we yeah. got you there. Any other ones? Any new ones? Thomas Kopecki still with the program? Oh, yeah, he's still there. No, Is no, he? he's not. Kopech, Kopech, uh, yeah, he's not there anymore. Uh, Dave Bolin, the rat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a center or a forward. Now, Jonathan Taves has been out for a long time with the concussion, but uh, supposedly he will be unconcussed as of Thursday at about 6.05 Phoenix time. Is that correct? Uh, he should be. He should be all right. You know who has stepped up and played for him in the in the in the meantime? Who's that? You know what his name is? Oduya. Oh, Johnny Oduya. With Oduya. Yeah. So that's got to be one of the best names that uh, the Blackhawks have had in years. Traded for him in the midseason. It's one of the uh, regrets that I have not being able to watch him play. I've heard he's pretty good, Johnny Oduya. 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 Well, his name might be pronounced differently, but it's going to be Oduya until somebody says something differently. <laughs> now, is he uh, not one of the few African-American NHL players, or do I have that incorrect? I'm I'm thinking he is, mm-hmm. because every time I see him, I'm like, I think that dude's a brother. Okay, And I don't say that <laughs> in any other sport. I could care less in any other sport if a dude's white or black. But all yeah. of a sudden in hockey, when you see a guy that you think is black, you're like, is that guy black? Really? <laughs> you know, so... Uh, once again, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, starting Friday, the best of your, and actually starting Wednesday, we will have our award-winning NHL Stanley Cup our preview show on Wednesday. But there'll be no better place to go to for getting unencumbered, unfiltrated NHL hockey Stanley Cup analyst at its best. How's that for the glass half full, Big Doug? That's good, Coach. That's good. <laughs> and like I said, just so we don't have people, we don't want to oversell uh, the expectations. Our expertise ends at the Hawks will go as far as the goalie will carry him this year. That's, yeah. I mean, anything expert after that's going to be like the the, mm-hmm. the the temperature of the floor is at least below 32 degrees. Yep. And I called it the floor instead of the court or yeah. whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. This is going to be expert analysis. The Blackhawk goalie situation, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know how many of our younger listeners will uh, know uh, the sure. aura that is Zsa uh, Zsa Gabor, but the Blackhawk goalie regime the last – Really, five, six years has very much resembled the revolving door that was Jaja Gabor's husband's for about a 10-year period of time. Is that correct? I mean, well, haven't we had like a different goalie? You know, we bring one guy. Basically, we bring a guy in, and the backup plays better. The backup becomes a starter, and then the next year the backup doesn't do so well, and the guy that was the backup, uh, you know, it, it started with Antti Niemi. He replaced who? Um. Well, I'll think of it. It was the guy that was really bad before him. <laughs> Thank you very much. It wasn't but Passmore. It was, um, that was our Stanley Cup winning year in Anton Niemi. Anton Niemi. Children at our feet. 
But he was, you know, Stanley Cup goalie had the phenomenal season. Correct me if I'm wrong, Big Dog. At the start of the year, he was not penciled in as the Blackhawks' starting goalie. No, he wasn't. I was trying to think who the actual starter was that year. I can't think of it. And then Niemi got sent away. We picked up who? The the high contract of a Cristobal Huey, or am I missing one in between? Oh, it was Turco. Who? We picked up Turco as the the, the million-year-old goalie. That played for like a week, and we realized he sucked. <laughs> he do Turco. Oh yes, yes. And then we put another back, and then Crawford finally got to play. Now Corey Crawford ended up being decent, and we're like, he's better than Turco. Right. And then now, so we brought in Turco as a starter. No, Crawford as a starter. As soon as we made him the starter, yep. Now Emery is our starter because <laughs> we found out Crawford sucked. Yes. So now we moved Emery up to the starter. Now we realized since he's a starter, he sucks now. <laughs> so by the way, I just want to. I just want to. I like the Jaja Gabor thing, Coach, but if you don't mind, I do want to – it's along your lines, you're right, but it's more of a of a, a Elizabeth Taylor because that works. every time you, every time they – because Elizabeth Taylor cheated on her husband all the time yep. with the next with the next guy. So I think it's more like that, the way the Hawks do it. They yep. name a goalie, and as soon as they name the goalie, they're like, his backup better be good because as soon as we name this guy a goalie, so he's going <laughs> to suck. And that's basically what's happened yep. for the Chicago – and when uh, all the hockey experts were saying it when the when the Flyers and the Hawks were in the finals, I kept hearing it over and over again. Niemi is lucky; he's not a good goalie. They kept saying that they're like the guy goes to the ice too easy. He takes deeks too easy. This is the best hockey team and uh, around him. That's why they have a chance at the cup because he's a horrible goalie. And then when the Hawks let him go, I remember everybody was like, "Oh no, how could they let this guy go?" And I was one of the few people that remembered all these analysts saying he's not good. The year after he left, he didn't do anything, and it's so. Mm-hmm. I, he's been, he's been again as the hockey analyst here. The two guys at a mic show. He hasn't been a complete bust. He's been decent, but not quite the stand on your uh, head type goalie he was for the Black uh, Blackhawks during that playoff run. And I, I really isn't that what happens for every goalie? I don't think there has been a Stanley Cup champ of a team that didn't just have a goalie go crazy. Yeah. For four games and win 16 out, you know, mm-hmm. six, oh, for four series. And the win most games. amazing example of that, and it goes back to our morning break days, Big Dog. I remember uh, decapitulating that each and every game that he played. It was an incredible run. Help me out here. Florida Panthers, and the goalie was, he had a. John Van Beesbrook. Who? John Van Beesbrook. Mm, that's not who for I'm the thinking Florida of. Panthers. Okay, then it wasn't the Florida Panthers one, because John Van Beesbrook that year for the Florida Panthers, oh my God, he was incredible. Are you thinking of the Carolina Panthers, Eric Stahl? No, it had a it had a more flowing, creative, somewhat humorous last name, and, and we kind of had a nickname for it. Uh, boy, I remember it was a Carolina. Oh, oh, what was it? Was it the kid from San Jose? The kid from the San Jose Sharks that they didn't win it, but he put him on their back and carried them all that was, the way to the finals when they were an eight seed. Boy, that's what that's. That's what you're talking about, Coach. That was the most classic example. I'm going to try to remember the guy's name, but you know, hockey goalies' names are not the Easiest to remember. By the way, if you're going to go with the uh, Elizabeth Taylor uh, acronym, then definitely Corey Crawford would be playing the part of Richard Burton. Okay, well, because, who is Mickey Rooney? Well, but Richard Burton, she married twice. Okay, that's what you're saying. So Corey Crawford was the guy. Now, then he wasn't the guy, but now we're back in love with Corey Crawford. will be uh, hockey analyst Joe Rodwanski, hockey expert. He'll be starting at goal, will he not? Opening game against Phoenix? Yeah, he will. Okay. He will. Uh, and I like the call. I like the call. Emery has been up and down. And even though I would say Emery's had a slightly 
better year than, than Crawford has statistically. Mm-hmm. Both of them have been up and down in terms of consistent play. So you might have, I, I would go with the guy with the experience at this point. It's mm-hmm. not like Henry's stopping everything that's getting shot at him either. So Okay. All kidding aside, I, I, I honestly regret not watching more hockey this year. I, I say it each and every year again. Kidding aside, it's a phenomenal game. It's it's a time situation that I don't get to watch enough. And I've I've said before, Big Dog, I think Stanley Cup hockey uh, is some of the best sports spectating entertainment you will ever get. And in fact, a Stanley Cup sudden death overtime game. I've often said, argue, but I don't know that there's anything in sports that is better than sudden death OT hockey in the Stanley Cup. Yes, no, it's awfully good, Coach. Um... We talked about that Sunday's playoff at the Masters the other day. Yep. It's, you know, it's, it's really cool when you get that because you have in between the moments and you can talk about, oh, which shot is he going to make? Is Bubba Watson's forced to try to make the great shot here? He has to or he's out of the tournament. You know, you can talk all that talk with the, with, when you're talking about Sunday Stanley Cup hockey, you can't even take your eyes off the television and talk for a second because somebody loses a puck and that's how it usually happens. People score in sudden death when you're not even expecting it out of nowhere. You're like, oh, no, they just scored. It isn't like this long, drawn-out possession, and they finally get it in. It ends up being somebody's mistake. So uh, I'm with you on that. And I, I do expect some really, really good hockey this year. And it's totally wide open. The East has a bunch of really good teams, but I, I don't. it's kind of like the, the National League in terms of I don't see a dominant team that's going to come out of there. So. Mm-hmm. And then the same with the West. The, the Red Wings have shown flashes because they're the Red Wings, and they've got their defense is just ridiculous with Nicholas Lidstrom, with the guy's 50 years old. I've actually been watching a lot of hockey <laughs> the last couple of days. Uh-huh. Coach, uh, there is a – I don't know. I think there's really 16 teams that could win the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs this year. It's one of those things. Right. Well, don't, you don't, don't, don't give it all away yet. Don't forget Wednesday is our award-winning Stanley Cup NHL preview show, so we don't want to – we don't want to jump the gun too much. Don't make your early prediction just yet, Big Dog. Okay, coach, I won't do that. <laughs> Sorry to put a little uh, water on the firestorm there, my friend, but we will. Uh, All right. Yeah, we'll be following that right from the get-go, and God forbid you actually want to uh, put a little hockey acumen in, and certainly the Big Dog and the coach could use a little bit of help. Our phone lines are always open to you, the hockey fan out there, 888 463 6748 888-463-6748. Talking sports and more here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Big Dog, it was great. I don't know about you, but it was uh, uh, cathartic for me to once again do a baseball round em up and wrap em up yesterday. Our first one ever. I uh, Just after the show, I sat here with my feet up, my hands behind my head, and just smiled for like 15 minutes. Yeah, and I also... By the way, my hands were in the back of my head, nowhere else. So. That's that. That's good to know. Thank you very much. Now, I was. It was good to know when I got when I got to the city. So I'm like, I have no battery on my phone. How did that happen? Oh, baseball season started again, and I have to continue to check score after score after score for the whole entire trip. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's pretty sad, Coach. Pace yourself, buddy. Pace yourself. Long season. I know. For Long the next season. Six months, all I'm going to do is just download stats. All that. Did Miguel Cabrera get another hit today? Was it a double? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Big dog, I'm, we, we may have to, middle of the season, you might have to take like a three-week mandatory, sort of like me, a psychological reconditioning break. I can feel that coming. That sounds like a good idea. That's when yeah. I'm going to walk down I-80 to uh, Cooperstown. With your shirt off? No, with my This Year Man stuff on. Ah, okay. <laughs> All the way to Cooperstown? 
Oh, why not? I'm thinking about hitchhiking. Red boots, red tape, blue tights and all. Yeah. Yeah, you'll probably get a few people to pick you up. You'll never make it to Cooperstown, but you'll get a few people to pick you up. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get a hostage note as he's being held somewhere in Venezuela. Hey, uh, let's talk baseball real quick here. And again, baseball fans out there each and every day, we will uh, go over it, cover it as best we can. Baseball round them up, wrap them up part of it. Cubs and Sox, of course, we have a vent towards those two teams here in the city of Chicago. If you don't like it, give us a call and talk about your team. We'll be happy to spend a little airwaves tame. Uh, Airways time talking about your ball club as well. 888-463-6748. Big dog, the Cubs are one and three to start the season. A 250 winning percentage. How close is that going to be to their final winning percentage? Uh, obviously nowhere near that. What uh, the obviously? The record is. Coach, they're not going to be the 1962 Mets of the, they're not going 40 and 120. That would be a 250 winning percentage. Okay, they're going to win more than 40 games this year. They're going to win okay. 70 games this year. All so. right. Brewers beat the Cubs yesterday 7-5. A little bit of a comeback in the ninth inning, courtesy of a, a Ramos Ramirez throwing error. But overall, um, I heard somebody, forget what announcer or what sports talk, but I heard somebody mention yesterday, just matter of fact, we, and they, they basically said this, and I think it hit home. There's just too many outs. There's too many easy outs in the Chicago Cub lineup this year. And I think that's a great way of putting it. Too many easy outs. Uh, that's, yeah, their lineup is bad, Coach. This is the worst <laughs> everyday lineup that I've ever seen as a Cub fan. And I saw it as a diehard Cub fan since the, uh, you know, the late 70s. It's the worst lineup. Their best hitter is Starlin Castro. And I, I, they keep on trying to force him to be a three-hitter. Try forget about what would be ideal for your organization. Yep. Think about what would be the reality for Starlin Castro, which means he's a first or second hitter. The guy can hit three twenty five with eight to twelve home runs a season and hit about fifty doubles if you just let him alone or let him become the player that he can be. If they keep messing with him and keep on you could drive the ball. Yeah, he could drive the ball and he can also strike out hundred and twenty times and hit two fifty. You know, when he could have been, he could be a really superb player. So, but other than that, you think about Darwin Barney, he's not an easy out, but he's never going to hit a home run. And, be, you have to, and you need three of his singles in order to score a run. You know what I mean? Well, I hate to tell you, but he did, he did hit a home run yesterday. Okay. Well, we all know at the end of the year, Darwin Barney is going to have eight home runs and he's going to hit like 270 with eight homers. That's not bad if you have a bunch of power around him. Yep. But he's, you know, he's the second baseman. Brian LaHare hit a home run yesterday. Brian LaHare? By the way, if you're looking for a non-easy outs and surprises early on, he was injured the first couple of games, but yesterday, Big Doug, his first game uh, as a Chicago Cub regular this year, couple of doubles. Yesterday, a home run. It's early, obviously, but the kid looks good. That was another report. It was Brian LaHare is another kid that, you know, is decent. Hopefully he can continue with his progress. And then, okay, so if you look at everybody else, Marlon Bird, I, I, I think he has hit his peak of whatever he'll do with the Cubs in that first two months that he was with the Cubs. He's going to hit 275 this year with 10 home runs and 30 doubles. He's kind of a tough out. But then after that, Soriano, as long as you can locate your pitches, not, there's not a major league pitcher that should give up a hit to him. Because all you have to do is throw him a fastball underneath his hands and two fast curveballs in the dirt, and he walks back to the dugout. The only time a pitcher ever gives up a hit to him 
is when they miss where they're supposed to throw the ball because he is horrible. The guy hasn't. He is the, maybe the he has the least amount of instincts as a baseball player I have ever seen. <laughs> he's horrible. I, 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 so he's an easy out. He is an easy out as long as you locate your pitches. And now we, we then you get the third baseman Ian Stewart. Now it's still up in the air on him because two years ago the kid was had a phenomenal season considering how young he was, and then he messed his wrist wrist up. So. I am not going to call Ian Stewart an easy out yet, and I'm not about to even say he's a major leaguer. I'm just going to find out if the kid's ever going to be good again. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and you're right, Coach. You look, Giovanni Soto. Come on, Giovanni Soto is going to be a guy. Two sixty with ten home runs this year would be a really good year for Giovanni Soto. When I start saying all these numbers, if you have one or two guys in your lineup like that that can really catch the ball, heck yeah, let's let's go win some baseball games. But when everybody when everybody's hitting 270 with 10 homers, coach, after a while, that's you better have the best pitching staff in baseball, and all those guys better be stealing 75 bases if you expect to win any ball games, and that's not going to happen. Emailer Tommy from Tuberville points out, yes, Joel is correct, but don't forget we have Blake DeWitt coming off the bench. Oh, my goodness. I, got, I will tell you this. We do have Scott Baker against left-handed pitching. Which, Jeff Baker. Jeff Baker, well, yeah, I wish we had Scott Baker as a, as a starting pitcher. My, dude, that guy's awesome, by the way, from the Twins. Uh, if, if we had, with Jeff Baker against left-handed pitching is as good of as a matchup as, including Miguel Cabrera against left-handed pitching. I don't know what it is about Jeff Baker, but he hits like 400 with a home run every 10 at bats against lefties. That's like the, that's the best advantage we have as a Cubs team. So every time a lefty comes in, at least we know Baker's in the in the lineup. All right. Well, Cubs lose to the Brew Crew seven to five. Paul Mahome. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. It's Mahalem. his first Mahome. Mahalem. Mahalem. Yes, they are like his brethren, coach. Really? Sounds religious. Hey, 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 Mahalem. Paul Mahalem going up against Milwaukee Brewers. Chris Narvison tonight. Uh, Ronnie Santo, if you could, I know you're not with us anymore, but you're with us in spirit, Ron Santo. Tell us a little bit about Milwaukee Brewer, and I hope I have his first name correct. Pitcher tonight, Chris Narvison. Oh, Chris Narvison, he's a big kid. He's a big kid, Patrick. He likes to, he likes to work quickly. Really? Yeah, yeah, he likes to keep the ball down in the zone. Wow. And uh, he does whatever he can to keep a, a hitter off balance. Wow. So, does he like to get ahead in the count, too? Oh, okay. he loves to work ahead in the count Shocking. and with the lead. Loves to pitch with the lead. Thank you very much, Ron Santos. Spirit will be with us the uh, entire year giving that kind of pitching analysis. One of the many bonuses you'll get from the two guys at a mic show. By the way, at the end of the show today, Big Dog, a little treat for you. I know you're going to love this, especially because you get to beat my ass right into the ground, but we are going to play pick six in our fine intern staff, producer David Olson, the rest of the crew. Uh, have put together uh, not the top six teams in Major League Baseball, but we are going to compare six even teams. You'll get first pick on one, I get first pick on the other, and you, uh, whatever team we pick, we'll compare it against the other team. At the end of the year, we'll see who wins the pick six. Actually, David, it shouldn't be pick six because we could tie. We got to make it an odd number, right? Let's go seven teams. So, uh, for instance, Big Dog, and again, we're going to do this at the end of the show. It'll be, uh, you know, Cleveland Indians or Minnesota Twins. You get the choice. Okay. So we're going to take two teams that are, you know, somewhat even. 
You'll pick. I'll have my draft. We'll have our collection of 17. We will compare them along the way over the course of the season. How's that sound? Uh, that sounds. Uh, I like that idea, Coach. Okay. Anything that would keep me interested in in yes. and in, in baseball is good. Okay. White Sox uh, beat Cleveland yesterday, four to two. Sox starting to look a little bit better. Big Dog got a nice pitching performance, his first ever major league start for Chris Sale, who was a starter. Correct me if I'm wrong. Two years ago in college, right for Florida International University, but uh, he pitched very well yesterday. Six and two thirds, and then the bullpen got the job done. Yeah, the the White Sox handled Chris Sale really well. That if they get a starting pitcher out of college, yep, uh, he's in he's in the minor leagues for like a couple of weeks, maybe maybe like a month and a half, coach. And they're like, you know what, you're eventually going to be a starter, but we 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 need a left-handed stopper. A left-handed matchup guy. Uh, why don't you learn how to become a major league pitcher in the major leagues? And remember, your arm still has to be strong enough to eventually throw seven innings in a year or two when you can become a starter. Mm-hmm. How often does it work out that it works out? So the first start for Chris Sale was it was important to me. Hopefully, he can continue that because typically when teams toy with a player and like, oh, we want you to do this, but eventually, you know, eventually, but till before then, we need you to do this for us. Normally it doesn't work, so the, mm-hmm. let's see. And again, we don't want to jump to conclusions too early in the season. It's start number one, and it's very early in the season, but it does look like a good move, and this kid looks like a quality pitcher. Uh, they had a couple of home runs in the first inning, leadoff homer from Alexandro Diazza and uh, A.J. Persinski, so Sox got off to a hot start. Interesting, too, a brand-new bullpen, completely restructured. Uh, the only guy remaining is still the big talk left-hander, Matt Thornton, but... The youngsters, again, I preface it by saying very, very early. It could fall apart, but the early indications are they look pretty solid. We're talking about Addison Reed. We're talking about Nate Jones, and it appears the new closer for your Chicago White Sox big dog is this kid, Hector Santiago. All three of them have uh, looked good. Yeah, and Hector Santiago, my goodness, does that screwball look nasty, Coach. He, I mean, how many pitchers uh, literally throw the fadeaway anymore? And, and that kid was chucking it, and that—that's a pretty tough pitch to hit. So I call that pitch that he throws the reverse twister. I think that's a better name for it. The reverse twister. Yep. Because it's got okay. a little spin to it, and it's got a little breakaway. It spins in that whirling dervish motion like the twister, but then it spins away. I don't know. Just a thought. Okay. Just a thought. By the way, Adam Dunn again early. Way too early to make uh, any analysis of the season, but he's hitting 154. He struck out twice yesterday. The uh-ohs are beginning. Yeah, I'm, and since I backed him yesterday, he should be extremely worried. Had him done the rest of this season. <laughs> so, you, you know, Coach, it's real important for guys like Dunn and Rios that had uh, horrific seasons, and I mean it that way. In every sense of the word of what a baseball player would have to go through, because, come on, these are million-dollar babies. But those guys had horrific seasons. They need to start out quickly or else, you know what, their confidence can start lacking. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dunn hit a home run his first game, I think. But you can start to see the slide, again, way too early, but start to see the slide back a little bit. Rios has been fielding very well and actually looking pretty good at the plate. So he may be okay, but Dunn is uh, still somewhat of a worry. Bottom line is the White Sox are 2-2. Two two. Phil Umber on the mound against Jay Gomez for the Cleveland Indians. Who is that, Johnny Gomez? Um, You know what? Uh, uh, no, I think it's Jesse Gomez. 
Oh, no, no. Is it Johnny Gomez, the old guy that was on the Cincinnati Reds for a couple of years? Eh, possible. Possible. I didn't think he was that old, though. I, I didn't think so either. It's uh, Jean-Marc Gomez. God bless and you. this dude is a rookie, and most likely this is going to be his first game ever pitching in the major leagues wow. because uh, he was born in 1988, and he's from Caracas, Venezuela. 6'3", 170 pounds. That dude is skinny. So he, uh, he's an awfully, awfully young kid. Jean, is Jean-Mar, is that, is that Jean Spacemar, or is it Jean-Mar, one name? It's one name. J E A N M A R. Jean-Marc like Gomez. He's, like if that. he's successful, the girls of Cleveland are going to like him. That's a great name. That's a name like that. That's a great name. I like that. All right. Very good. Again, baseball action here. Baseball talk, baseball analysis. If you want to call it that with the big dog and the coach each and every day during the MLB season, two guys at a mic show. Phone lines are open if you want to be an analyst as well. And that was not a mispronunciation. We are all analysts here. Analyst is a little bit of a loose term. 888-463-6748. Again, 888 Phone lines are open. Dial it up. Talk to the big dog here on a little baseball. Real quick, uh, baseball round them up and wrap them up from yesterday, big dog. Uh, Anaheim knocked off Minnesota 5-1. to The Minnesota Twins are now 0 and Four, and it looks like whatever magic the Twins have might be gone. And we saw that last year, too. C.J. Wilson, by the way, brilliant for the Texas Rangers. I mean, for uh, the Anaheim Angels. So, so you're writing off the Twins again early on this year? What's that? You're writing off the, you're writing off the Twins already this year? No. Though? No, but they didn't look good last year. You, know, you just get the feeling maybe that magic that they had. I know they didn't win any World Series, but they were a quality, quality ball club at a semi-low budget for many a year, and it seems like maybe whatever that extra edge had, it might be wearing off. Well, uh, ever since they gave uh, uh, Joe Maurer $145 million, he's hit, what, five home runs? Yep. <laughs> Not good, Coach. You pay somebody that much money, you've got to get a, a return on your investment, uh, especially when you're at a – you know, you're a team like Minnesota or Cincinnati or Pittsburgh, and you outlay that much money, and then all of a sudden you have a guy that stops hitting. Oh my! Is Ronnie Gardenhire still the manager? Uh, yes, he is. And okay. There's no reason to fire him. He's not the no. issue over there. I was going to say, if he's still managing, then you are absolutely right. We will not count the Twins out. He's one of the best in the game. Love that guy. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's Love a great manager. All right, Boston knocked off Toronto. We all know the Red Sox went 0 and 3, got swept over the weekend. And they are down, what was it, two to one in the ninth inning. They score three runs in the bottom of the ninth. They did it off of Sergio Santos, the ex-White Sox closer. So the Red Sox with a comeback victory over Toronto, big dog. Four to two to say the least. They needed that. Uh, by the way, I, I, you know, coach, I, I pay attention to baseball and, and I was really liking the Blue Jays going into this year. Yep. I did not realize that they decided to have Sergio Santos as their closer. What's wrong I like with him that? A little, I like him a little less than I did a, a, a week ago is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right. I thought they were going with that. Maybe Frankie Francisco was still there or something, but no, I don't like that matchup. I thought a Sergio Santos was, uh, you know, very, very what? solid for the White. Not the best closer in baseball, but I thought he was pretty good with, with potential to get better. He's going to be Carlos Marmol. He's going to have... He was good early on because his stuff was nasty, but since he isn't a real pitcher, he's going to have trouble consistently throwing like that. That's, I thought the White Sox did a real smart move by getting rid of him. Okay. 
inside look from our baseball expert, Joe Radwanski. That is possibly very, very true. It's a good, solid comparison. Um, the other big game yesterday was the first ever Major League Baseball, uh, American version anyways, start for you, Darvish, or the Texas Rangers, all the buildup and everything, big deal. The Rangers end up winning the game 11-5, to but you talk about letdowns. You, Darvish, gives up four runs in the first inning. He's walking, guys. I think at one point six batters in a row got on base. He gets shelled in the first inning. Second inning gives up a run, but then third, fourth, fifth into the sixth. He looked, so he turned it around, but boy, what a disappointing first inning. Oh, yeah, you, you could definitely say what a disappointing uh, first inning, Coach. With, with, we're, when you're talking about $111 million investment in someone, with that, that was a disappointing start. But what's, more, what's better? What was worse or what was better? The fact that he was so horrible early or the fact that he righted the ship and didn't panic. And that shows you something. So especially since the Rangers came back with that offense and won, I would take it as a a good thing for the Texas Rangers that that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it will allow you, Darvish, uh, and I have no doubt, well, very little doubt, I should say, that this guy's going to be one heck of a Major League Baseball pitcher, probably the best ever to come over from Japan. But you're right. If they would have barely squeaked by or lost more pressure in game two, the fact that the, even though he had a rough outing, his team scored enough runs, came back and won easily, that's going to make him next time out, Big Doug, I would think, much more relaxed, much more dangerous. Yeah, and for a, a baseball fan that really doesn't understand the game, they'll be like, wow, is he ever over six? And a baseball fan that really understands the game will be like, he was getting hammered, couldn't find the strike zone, and all right in the middle of that, figured it all out, and then shut down a, a decent offense. So that that's that's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Gave his team a chance to win on a day that he had absolutely either didn't have his stuff or his nerves just got to him. Coach. Yep. And, and it could have. Mm-hmm. Think about it. How many people back home in Japan were watching that game? 50 million people possibly? Yep. No question about it. You Darvish will be back. He wins or he doesn't win, but he gets through his opening game. Texas Rangers win the. I don't actually. I don't know if he got the. If he got the W or not, got to check that out. He did. He got the W because the the Rangers gained the lead back in the fifth inning, and they never they never uh, gave it up. And he had Mm -hmm. one. All right. Very nice. Over to the National League we go. Just one game of note in our baseball round them up and wrap them up. By the way, I think it is the seventh consecutive year of the award-winning segment known as the baseball round them up and wrap them up with the dog and the coach. Gets bigger and better each and every year, big dog. At least that's what they say. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals off to a tremendous start. Four and one now as they knock off Cincinnati yesterday seven to one. Now, if you're a pitcher, we talked about Steve Passmore as a goalie. If you're a uh-huh. pitcher and your first name is Homer, you better be good, is I guess the first thing. And the fact he's in the major leagues means he's pretty good. But Homer Bailey was the pitcher for Cincinnati, and apparently, big dog, in the first inning, he gives up home runs to, what, David Freeze, Yadier Molina, one of the flying Molina catching brothers, yeah. and who else? And Matt Holliday. Uh, four for the game, three in the first inning, Coach. And Homer Bailey, you're right. He's, he has all this potential. Has never had a a good major league season. He's had some some decent ones, but nothing really good. I, I'd have to trade him, coach, because you're exactly right. There's got to be something about the guy that the only pitcher that ever had a good season with a crazy name. 
but he has a bad pitcher overall in his career was Bob Walk, if you remember him. <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, right? Oh uh, yeah, Braves and Pirates. He had one good season <laughs> with the uh, with the Pirates. Yeah, and then after that, he was bad the rest of his career. His name was Walk. Yep, I remember him. Had a baseball card of a Bob Walk, I think. And the surprising thing was he was not, if I can remember correctly, this is many years ago, he was not a fireballer. He was a control pitcher. Bob walked through strikes and rarely walked anybody. You're exactly right, Coach. <laughs> he was a pitch-to-contact guy. Yeah. He was fat, short-armed. Yep. Kind of looked like a, he looked, if, a, if an alligator could pitch and you chopped off his tail and you put a brave hat on it, it mm-hmm. would look like Bob Walk. Yep. My Pony League coach used to say I was a pitch-to-contact hitter, Big Dog. No, that can either be a good thing or a bad thing. It wasn't good. Okay. <laughs> I would pitch, and there'd be an awful lot of contact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't walk too many people though. On the other, I kept the ball in play. Usually in the alleys, the gaps down the line past my infielder, but I did keep the ball in play. Thank you very much. By the way, just as a side note, World Series hero David Freeze. A lot of times, guys like that who have the phenomenal World Series, the dramatic play, one of the. Bigger moments ever in postseason history. Sometimes they'll come back and start off the season a little bit of a funk. David Freeze is picking up right where he left off. I think he's got three homers, hitting like 440. That guy is a star in the making. Coach, I I, I basically told somebody the other day, oh, he just had a lucky year. Uh, he, he's going to be a good player. He's going to expect him to be a superstar. As soon as I said that, I, I think the guy's slugging over a 1,000. Since I said that, his last couple games have been ridiculous. Yep. That's, that's the way to start a season off. If you want to, get, if you want to, don't worry about your numbers and just worry about your team winning. Well, hit a couple home runs in the first week and hit over 400. Mm-hmm. Anaheim Angels, by the way, are slumping a little bit, as is Albert Pujols. St. Louis Cardinals slugger again, obviously way early. He'll have his numbers up, but right now I think he's batting 214 for the Angels. So it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's, uh, he should really be ashamed. His first at-bat was a rocket line drive to the shortstop, and then he flew out deep to right center field. I mean, like, come on. Find a hole. What's wrong with you? You're overrated. Guy's overrated. $200 million? Don't hit rocket line drives at shortstops. Make sure they go two or three feet to the left. What have you done for me lately, Albert Pujols? He's overrated. Yeah, take a pitch low and away, and you go with it to the opposite field. Hit it over the fence. Come on. <laughs> All right, we are uh, four games, five games into the MLB season, so probably should have done this at the beginning. But our, again, our non-English speaking intern staff—they're <laughs> they're a little bit behind the time, big dog. But they did come up with this game. We'll call it pick seven. We are going to offer you, in particular, a choice between uh, seven different combos of teams that are fairly even. Might be an American League National League matchup, and you're going to pick which team versus me, by the way. Um, okay. I'll be the cannon fodder for you. Which team will come up with the better record at the end of the season? Oh, okay. 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 All right. Like here, we, here we go. First, uh, we're going to match up. Let's get a couple of Titans right off the bat. The New York Yankees or the Detroit Tigers? Big Dog gets the first Detroit choice. Detroit Tigers. All right, so I've got to be – I'm not going to root for the Yankees, but i got the Yankees on my side. Hold on, I'm filling this sheet out right now. All right, uh, next up, a couple of middle-of-the-road teams. We're going to go Toronto Blue Jays out of the Eastern Division or the Texas Rangers in the West. Good good matchup here. Uh, so I have this matchup? Actually, I get first choice on this one, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll take Texas. 
You're right on that one. The Rangers are, are, are a little better than the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays are in a bad division. Mm-hmm. So. All right, we've moved down in category just a little bit, and we are going to uh, – actually, we're going to match up two American League West teams. It's going to be Oakland or Seattle. A pretty even battle right there, Big Doug. You get choice. Uh, why do you give me these two? Oh, that's the uh... – Who's going to finish in third place in the American League West? I'm going to that's the, I'm going to go with the eight. Oakland. All right, I got Seattle. That's you know we're picking even. These are supposed to be tough choices. If they were easy, yeah. the yeah. game wouldn't be good. Again, thanks to our non-English speaking intern staff for putting this uh, fine game together. And it's, it's just funny that you picked that matchup because when about uh, two weeks ago when I was doing the show by myself, I called a the American League West, and I was like, we don't even need to discuss the A's and the M's because who cares who finishes in third place in that mm-hmm. division? Okay. And then I didn't realize now it's an important part of this whole season for me. All right. Bottom feeder category. Maybe one of these teams would be a surprise team. They're both uh, clearly improved from last year, so it could be actually a better matchup than you think. Out of the AL Central, the Baltimore Orioles, uh, and out of the, I'm sorry, out of the AL East, the Baltimore Orioles, out of the AL Central, your Kansas City Royal. The Royals. Taking Casey. Oh, all right. Oh, sorry, was it? I, forgot. I was supposed to let you do it. That's all right. I'll take Baltimore. Okay. I'll take Baltimore in that matchup. Over to the National League we go. Much more balanced National League from top to bottom. Really, the bottom is not as low, and the top is definitely not as high as in the uh, American League. Let's match up. How about the St. Louis Cardinals or the Los Angeles Dodgers? Big Dog makes the choice. Oh, so I'm making this pick again, too? Yeah, sure. Okay. Tough I'll call. Have to, I'm going to go with... Very tough call here. The Dodgers. Yeah, I think one. I might have gone that route, too, but I'll take the same. Actually, I, I, bet you the, I would bet you uh, Las Vegas has the, would have the Cardinals with more wins. So I'm going with an upset on that one. The other one, I think I've gone with the chalk. All right. Central Division, the Milwaukee Brewers against the East National East, the Washington Nationals. And by the way, the Nationals, Uh they look like a pretty solid ball club playing the Chicago Cubs. I like the Nationals this year. I I predicted the Nationals were going to be, will have a winning record this year. Mm -hmm. The first one since they've been in Washington, coach. All right. Good matchup with the Milwaukee Brewers. Nationals or the Brewers, I think. I'm going to take the Nationals in that battle. Oh, okay. Nats right. over to Brew Crew. So you got the Milwaukee Brew Crew. The final choice is yours, Big Dog. We're going to head down to bottom feeding category once again. In the National League, it's a little harder, actually, to find that level. But let's go. How about Colorado Rockies out of the West or the Pittsburgh Pirates out of the Central? Okay, now I picked four and you picked two. Three, six. This is our final one. Uh huh. Oh, you want me to pick this? Well, I, I'll pick it if you want me to. It's just a little weird if I pick five and you pick two. Go uh, ahead. So. I'll enjoy the victory that much more knowing that you pick most of the teams. Okay. <laughs> Colorado or Pittsburgh? Pretty good battle right here. So you want me to make the pick? Sure. Okay, I will take uh, Pittsburgh. No. And that isn't. And I, I took two underdogs. Uh, the other three, I would, I would, the Royals would be favored over the O's. The A's, I don't know about the A's over the M's. That, yeah, most of these are, if they are favorites, they're not favorites by much. I mean, pretty easy. No, I thought you, 
you picked really good matchups yeah. coach, all the way down, I'd have to admit. Well, I didn't uh, pick them. Our non-English speaking intern staff, you got to credit them. I, I, honestly, I will tell you this, that I think the most likely one to happen was the one that you took, the Rangers over the Blue Jays. But then again, like I'm telling people, the Rain Blue Jays are good. The Blue Jays are a lot better than people, so I'm mm-hmm. hoping that could end up making you sweat a little bit, Coach. All right, so you got Detroit, Toronto, Oakland, KC, the Dodgers, Milwaukee, and Pitt. I've got Colorado, and it's not the total of seven teams. These are mono versus mono matchups. The team they're matched up against, whoever has the best record, uh-huh. wins, and we'll see at the end of the season in the pick seven. So we'll... The one I'm most certain about on mine is the first one, and that's the Tigers over the Yankees. Okay. The, the Tigers, and now yesterday we, you asked if they could win, I forgot, some crazy 100, number. 110 games. Yeah, I'm, I, I will predict 106, and folks, that would mean they would be at least 50 games over 500 at 106 and 56. That's pretty 50 good. Game, 50 games over 500 in a, in a season is really good. Mm-hmm. All right. And Seattle, when they set the record and, of course, lost, I think, in the first round of the playoffs. What, was no, it no, they one? lost in the American League Championship Series okay. to the Yankees in 2001. So they won their first series, lost to their second series. What did they win, 116? Yeah, they went 116 wow. and 46. That's amazing. Mind you, though, that the rec- they tied the, the, the 1906 Cubs for the most wins ever. The 06 Cubs did that in 152 games. The, the 1906 Cubs record was 116 and 36. They were 80 games above 500. And then they, and then they, uh, took a bunch of money and purposely lost the World Series in 1906. Everybody talks about the 1919 Black Sox scandal. Mm-hmm. Just to let you know, the greatest team of all time, the 1906 Cubs, uh, through, to the same, to the same mobsters, they threw the World Series. Wow. Not to sure. Same, I w- to the same people, not the same middlemen, obviously, mm-hmm. but the same Rothstein guy at the top. Boom, same guy. The 1906 World Series was thrown to. Not sure I was aware of that. Is there a book or, or movie that uh, details some of that action from 1906? There's, there's no, there's no movie. There's been many different like articles and TV shows I've seen on it. I will find a book mm-hmm. and I will, I will. Okay. You know what? That's probably going to be. The, I'll find the try to find the best book I can on that and read that. Mm-hmm. By the way, speaking of books, David Olson, I need uh, some advice here as our media critic, and we'll put books in the media category. Me and Big Dog, after uh, Joel's third Jack on the Rocks and my fourth Blue Moon beer, we came up with an idea for a book, and that was to go around to a different bar each and every night and detail some of the festivities, some of the happenings, some of the humorous things, some of the sad things that happened. Call the book 365 or something to that effect, but one bar... Each night, detail it down, each chapter, put it in book form, and uh, the big dog and the coach, uh, A, do you think it's a good idea? B, would you write the forward for us? Uh, Hold on, we're getting the microphone working here. Yes and yes. Uh, But but, but the trick is, the trick is if you're going to go 365 days in a row, is that your plan? Well, that's a plan. Well, you, you need to find places that are, Hopping on Sundays and Mondays, which mm-hmm. isn't always easy, because a lot of places no. aren't o- even open on Mondays. Or well, but no, big no, dog, we have it? to find 52, 52 bars on Mondays. They'll be specials. But well, even, but one could argue that I mean, during during open. football season, you're going to be okay because you go to you go to football bars. Yeah, but see, I'm football. thinking one step beyond you guys. I don't know that they all need to be hopping. I think 
You yeah, go but, into but, a but, bar. But what, but what kind of story are you going to get if you walk into a bar and it's just you and the big dog and the bartender? Well, there you go. It could be interesting. I think, uh, you know, obviously not all of them, but on occasion, you go into some of those local neighborhood taverns, big dog, on a Monday evening when it's empty and there's like four guys sitting around. I'm, I'm thinking we might still get some good stuff out of that. No, you know what? See, that's, see, that's what, that's when, Dave, that's the one you're missing. If it's kind of busy, you know, we go into, we go into an Applebee's, you know, there's a family there. There's going to be no story there. But trust me, you put me, a bartender, and coach, and one other guy at the bar, <laughs> there all the time. Next thing you know, I'll be out back with that guy rolling around in the mud in a pig wrestling contest. That's how stuff like that happens. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're throwing kegs in the back to see who could throw the keg furthest. And by the way, there has been no keg tossing contest that I have not won, ever, coach. Yeah, but you did lose a midget tossing contest and a disputed ruling, I believe. But I was disqualified, and, and to be quite honest with you, I was not going to win that. The champion was unbeatable, and I, that was the first time I ever did it. And yeah. he, ever since then, my hernia has really been flaring and up. The, the sad thing, and again, we're talking midget tossing, which for a while was a big sport at the Illinois State it's, Fair. The sad thing is you cannot defend your title, Big Day. You can't fight back because midget tossing is now not allowed in the state of Illinois. Very sad moment. Uh, uh, Two things I want to touch on. The first one, let's not mislead, mislead people. Yes. You always tell them, you're telling them I, I, I'm a champion midget tosser and I suck at football. I don't understand that. That's, that. That always bothers me. I was never a champion midget tosser. And number two, we have got to do something to get these guys some work. It's ridiculous they banned them from working. They had good jobs being able to be thrown onto these, uh, you know, thrown for distance for money, and now they can't work. And all these get now we got a bunch of homeless, poor midgets. It's sad, Coach. It's sad, and we got to do something for these guys. We need to bring midget tossing back. What was the uh, – did they get tossed, like, on a slip-and-slide type thing? Yeah, it, was, it didn't hurt. These guys keep running back for more. They would laugh. So they run back. Were you, judged, awesome. were you judged by where they landed, or were, or did the slide effect come into it for distance? No, it's where they landed, where they landed. Okay. So you wanted the thud. You wanted – the guys that got thrown really far and yeah. slid after, <laughs> it's kind of like a 45-degree angle. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to say. And there's nothing about, like, there's no art points for artistic throws or the amount of flips. So it's just as far as you can wing them suckers, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Uh, it's really good to, like, practice with, like, a Mayan or, like, maybe, like, uh, like some of your friends that are short or if you got, like, a real short girlfriend. And yep. then go with the midget because yes. you can pulling a midget after you go from, like, small man right. to big midget. Yep. And then you go to little midget. Oof. Don't don't get yourself a dwarf. Don't go cheap. Hey, I'm going to get myself a dwarf because they got big hands. They're easier to, like, to fling at you. Those things are heavy. A dwarf is heavy. They're packing, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I actually don't know what you're saying, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, but yeah. go with the midget. All right. Dwarfs, you can bring a dwarf to a midget tossing contest. They'll only charge you like 50 bucks, and then you go there and you find out these guys weigh like five times more than a midget does. Yeah, not, they're not worth it. Not sure how we uh, ended out on midget tossing or small people talking to be uh, tossing to be politically correct, but uh, at some point in the near future, we are hoping to uh, go on the journey, Big Dog, to do the book. Has anybody done? I know there's been books on bars, but I don't think anybody, they've done it from more of an educational standpoint. This would be more, and you could do a blog along with it, but this would be more from an entertainment standpoint. 365, the coach and the big dogs travails around the city of Chicago and surrounding areas, one bar at a time.
if we do go into a bar where nothing happens, we can be like, yeah, on June 15th, we went into, oh, yeah, January 15th, we went into so-and-so. It was cold. We drank a couple, you know, hottie toddies, and nothing happened. And we go to the next one. So it wouldn't even be like a whole page. All right, so it should be 365. It doesn't have to be. It could be more than one bar per day. Yeah, why not? We could. We got to leave our. Bar. If there's nothing uh, happening in a place or if there's no story to be told, we got to have the option to hop over to the next neighborhood establishment. Yeah, and I mean, exactly, Coach. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. So okay. there is a possibility we can go through the whole entire city of Chicago. We could be sponsored by some cab company or mm-hmm. a limo company taking us spot to spot. You know we got to end up at the Wiener Circle at four o'clock in the morning oh, every yeah. single night. Yeah, where where will the final? What would be the final bar we'd go to? What would be the very? And we could have like we could, you know, put that out for sponsorship deal. Bars could, once the publicity on the book goes out and the tour is beginning, bars could offer us uh, possible enumerations to be the last one, to be the featured final chapter. I like the term enumerations. We could, that, that sounds good, Coach. Yeah, I've made up about four or five words today that really don't fit grammatically and by distinct punctuation and correction and actual dictionary terminology, but I would argue that uh, through my use of verbiage, Big Dog, people actually know what I'm talking about. That makes any sense at all. Um, that Thank was you. pretty verbose what you just said. Yeah, it really was. I have no idea what it was, but it, it did sound quite verbose. Okay. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open. Last few minutes of the show. We covered the baseball from yesterday. Big Dome, we'll see what happens today with our beloved Cub and Sox. Uh, yes, David Olson. And there's one baseball thing we didn't mention. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yep. Five games. Suspension? Yeah, Suspension. The, the five Marlins games. Really? have suspended him for five games. Who, who suspended him? Roger Goodell from the NFL? <laughs> no, yeah, the Marlins did. The Marlins did? Yeah. Wow. Because Roger Goodell, he's getting a big head, big deal. He's calling everybody in. I heard he wants to meet with Ozzie Gee in a possible suspension there. But, well, first of all, isn't Ozzie Big Dog going and taking a special trip away from his road game to Miami to address some of the fans in the press conference there? Yeah, he did it in Spanish, and then he started answering questions in English. And he already did it today. It is at 9.30 this morning. Five... Game suspension. You think that's warranted? Yeah, you know what? They have there's thousands of people outside their stadium telling him that, uh, demanding that he gets fired. Okay, so he said he loved Fidel Castro, coach. It's really stupid. That is that is really stupid. And I'm not. (laughs) People are comparing Fidel Castro. Now, obviously, none of these people are Jewish or Polish. Okay, but uh, they, he's been compared to Hitler. Like the, these Cubans are like he's our Hitler. So if if you think of it in that term, mm-hmm. if somebody said he's my Hitler, well, I'm not going to say anything positive about that person to somebody who just compared him to Hitler. You know what I mean? I'd be like, well, obviously you don't like him too much. So um, I mean, is this being overblown? I don't. A lot of you know what? Maybe this is because this is going to be sad to say. It seems like far too many times. People are willing to latch on and kind of like decry the fact that they're victims, even though just because I'm not saying this is just like Cubans are doing this and be like, oh, I think Ian said something that makes I could just act like I'm a victim now. So, yes, I want to fire because he said something good about Fidel Castro. So I'm upset and I want to fire. Hopefully that's not what's going on. Hopefully it's true. Like, hey, we fled Cuba for a reason. There's a reason why I got into a raft. 
you know, my my uncle and my father are missing because Fidel Castro killed him. So I got on a raft when I was five and got here. Mm-hmm. So when you start hearing stuff like that, yeah, you, you don't want the manager of your team to be some hothead. So I'm like, yeah, I love Fidel Castro. Oh, you love the guy that killed my dad? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Of course, he did. He did. uh, You know, he quickly reversed what he said, not reversed, but tried to clarify it and said he just respects the fact that uh, so many people had been trying to kill Fidel Castro for so many years and somehow he still survived. So maybe that was a little political correctness taking place. But I'm not sure Isaac Ian has that uh, ability to do political correctness. He just speaks his mind and that's, uh, I, I honestly don't think he meant anything malicious by it. So I, uh, I, I, and I'm not a huge Aussie fan. I kind of like him, but I think it's way overreacting. I don't think there was a suspension needed. An apology, uh, yes. A suspension, no. You know what? If you're in Cuba and you say something like that and you have thousands of people, what is, what was Jeffrey Lurie going to do? <clears throat> you know what? It, it's really easy for us. And I do understand First Amendment rights and all that other stuff. He has every right to say that he should lose his job or anything like that. But hey, from now on, you can't say anything. It does bring Astro. up an interesting question, Big Dog. Had in the history of coaching, has any manager, coach in any sport with a particular team had more suspension games than actual games coached? No, that would yeah, that's never happened. He might be the first. Yeah. Four, four games managed, and now he's got a five-game suspension. Yeah, and then they fire him at the end of the five-game suspension. <laughs> <laughs> then, then he'll be the career leader. All right, Thaw, we got to sign off. Let's uh, see if we can get a Cub. We haven't had it happen yet this year, and I don't know how many times it's going to happen, but i got a feeling maybe we get Cub and Sock victories today. What do you say? Uh, I will definitely take that as a diehard Cub fan. Any way the Cubs can get a win, I'd be good for it. All right, give me, give me a go Cubs go on the way out today, will you? Not sure if that was Hispanic or sound like the constipated version of Go Cubs Go. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Back at you again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. The Big Dog and the Coach on the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late.